0: Manufacturer podcast today is now the most opportune moment for a manufacturing revival in the UK. Hear what leaders had to say on the matter from a panel discussion that we attended last month. The editorial team, meanwhile, have a European case study to bring you after returning from Belgium to meet a company leading the way in the additive manufacturing space. And the finalists of the Manufacturer MX Awards have been announced. Find out who will be there in November. For the Oscars of Manufacturing. That's all to come in today's episode. Ahoy hoy, listener. It's the second episode of our podcast series on leadership. And I'm joined once again by the editorial team, reporter Lana. Ahoy hoy. Good
1: afternoon, Tom.
0: And editor Joe. <laughs> Good afternoon, to Tom. I'm to going uh, to be
2: a bit more enthusiastic than my colleague Lana there. How was how was your trip to Benidorm, Tom? Because like in our last episode, we were talking about the fact that you were going to the same hotel as where the series is filmed.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Let's 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 do this for a minute, shall we? Before we get into actual any actual work. Um, yeah, it was it was good. Um, I, I guess pretty much what I was expecting. The hotel was 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 decent enough. Um, you can see why so many Brits just live there because it is a bit of a home from home um you know you can just wander around the corner um of a morning and and get yourself a full english with like you know all all the horrible stuff but but also great stuff that you'd get in any english cafe you know like black pudding and stuff um but you know if you don't want that if you want to go and try out your spanish then you can always nip up the road to altea so you know you got you got the best of both worlds um so yeah in answer to the question damn good. I'd, I'd recommend it. If you want a break from Santorini at any point, Lana, then, then have, a, <laughs> have a head over to Benidorm. It's, it's all right, mate. I'm
1: not sure you can pay me to go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Plenty to bring you in today's episode. Aside from my holiday antics, uh, we've got a panel of leaders, uh, a leading additive manufacturer company and an awards ceremony uh, announcement that will be uh, featuring leaders. So, you know, we're, we're on brand, kind of. Um, first off, the John Mills Institute of Prosperity hosted a panel discussion uh, to propose solutions to some of the issues within UK manufacturing. This was around a month ago. I traveled up to Sotek Automation, a decent factory, actually. It's a global automation specialist based up in, in Wakefield. Very impressive. It was a particularly hot Monday. It was the day before we had that record-breaking um, day, you know, record-breaking temperatures. Actually, we we did an episode of a podcast in that heat. Oh, yeah, uh, from memory. So yes, I, a... I remember it well. Yeah. It why Why did we do that? that? Uh, I because because it's our job. Um, the the, <laughs> the, the panel discussed whether uh, now is the most opportune moment for a manufacturing revival uh, in the UK. So, the Right Honourable. Caroline Flint, former government minister and JMI chair. She was the moderator, the founder of the institute, uh, John Mills, the man himself, was on the panel also, joined by MTC's chief automation officer, Mike Wilson, SOTEX chairman, Mark Cook, uh, Dr. Yan Wang from the University of Brighton, and me, funnily enough. Let's hear what the uh, panellists have to say.
3: If you look at the way the economies right across the West work, it's manufacturing that generates the increased productivity and rising living standards, not service sector. And the more that we concentrate on services at the expense of manufacturing, the lower the growth rate, the lower living standards, the lower the amount of investment that takes place, and the more dismal the prospects become.
4: There's just not enough in the pool. There's not enough raw talent to recruit into our industry. I don't know why that is I personally I think you should ask the role models and at the school levels ask young girls and say you know do you like engineering or manufacturing and if not why not
5: we're not short of a lot of government documents on boosting manufacturing so what is going wrong
6: there's certainly a a profile issue so um, a lot of the population doesn't really understand how strong manufacturing is, how successful it really is.
5: We've talked a lot about, you know, we're not short of ideas in this country, but trying to transform that into a product that can be made here, it doesn't always work out as we might wish. And you've got some thoughts about how we make that viable.
3: Yes, I think this has been a problem in this country for a long period of time that we've been much, much better doing the original research and getting results from that than we have been commercialising uh, opportunities and, and developing the manufacturing industry in this country on the basis that uh, it, it, it expands in the economy and makes a bigger contribution than what's actually happening at the moment. Remanufacturing is, uh, compared to manufacturing, it got some a lot of advantages because uh,
1: the raw material for remanufacturing is used product, is already available in the UK, so you can be, you know, you can doing the business in the UK you don't have to rely on the supply chain from overseas so you will survive much
3: easily. and nicely at the local because you can easily access the resource.
4: Mark Cook, chairman of Subtech Automation. One of the biggest challenges we have constantly, not just over the past few years, is getting the right resource into, the, into our industry, uh, getting young people excited about manufacturing and engineering uh, and getting them to uh, to join the industry. Uh, So shortage of resource is a big issue. Um, Government incentivisation would be helpful uh, and that could be either through taxation I know they would do, there's quite a bit already in R&D tax relief Uh, but uh, just Helping us a little bit more, I think, would help to level up the uh, level up the field compared with our financial uh, colleagues in London.
6: Mike Wilson, Chief Automation Officer at the Manufacturing Technology Centre. There's a recognition that there's a, a lot of manufacturing in the UK, but it doesn't get the um, the profile and the support that maybe it deserves. And there's opportunities to build on that sound base. Uh, but it needs support, it needs facilities, it needs not, not only infrastructure in terms of roads and transport, but also buildings, it needs financial support so that we can actually attract more of that and ex- expand what we've got. And that would ser- seriously address the levelling up issues that we face in the UK.
0: Great, and, and it came up as I knew it would tonight you know, that issue around misconceptions and a kind of false portrayal of the industry. Um, why do you think that's happened over the years, and what do you think needs to be done to, to address that?
6: Well, I, I, I just generally think people don't talk about manufacturing very much, unfortunately. Um, I think the politicians generally avoid talking about it. Um, I'm not sure why, you know, there's this perception it's dirty and horrible, which is very rarely true these days and and what we really need to do is to increase the profile. We need to get more people talking about it, showing people examples of what really does happen in their community and it's not just about showing them the, the aerospace companies or Formula One or the car industry, it's about showing them the smaller businesses, showing them what really is going on in the industrial units around the UK.
5: Caroline Flint and I'm the chair of the Institute for Prosperity. I was an MP for 22 years up to 2019 and for me it was about looking at our potential assets as a community and how we could realise something within that for jobs and prosperity for local families and to give you an example um, it wasn't manufacturing but aviation we had Finningley, which is an RAF airbase we had other airbases they all got turned into prisons when they shut down and when I got elected that was the future that was pending for RAF Finningley actually what happened, we had a big campaign local people got behind it and it became a small regional airport but the site itself Mm -hmm. enabled other businesses to be based there you know businesses that were manufacturing and doing other things to support jobs in the community and and again you know I fought for many years on having a connection from the M18 straight into that part of Doncaster and as a result we have the Railport we have other firms that are based there too so look I'm not trying to take credit for all of that but the truth is, you know, sometimes, you know, MPs and other politicians lo- locally on the council in the region can make a huge difference, uh, particularly, I think, in, in communicating why these, why these jobs are so important and what they mean for local people. And sometimes you can work to bring people together. And I think that's a, you know, for all the bad press politicians get, I think that's a really valuable part of the job.
0: there we are then. Interesting stuff from that uh, panel discussion. Moving on, Materialise. They're a company doing some great stuff in the 3D printing and additive manufacturing space. We admitted earlier that they're probably better suited and better placed in our tech- technology series, but, but worth a mention. Um, not least because it was a manufacturer's first and only European trip of the year. These guys are based in Le Verne in Belgium. Le Verne?
2: Louvain, Lu- Lu- I think Leuven I think I think, I've, I think I've got that right Lana. is that I right I think so yeah Leuven
1: is well, a, it yeah, a
0: I mean, lovely
2: lovely city lovely part of the world say,
0: I was going to say you guys sh- you should know yeah cuz cuz you you headed over there um, it
1: was actually a lovely city
0: yeah, yeah
2: it was it was roasting hot but um, it was yeah very very nice very very nice
0: before we get into the, Manufacturing cheese and beer. Was, did you get Did you get a chance to have any of that, or, or was it?
2: I uh, I had some. I certainly had some beer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I
1: don't think we had any cheese then All oh, right. Had a nice bowl, or should I say, mountain of carbonara, nice, which did have yeah. some cheese on it. I
0: I I don't know why it's not necessarily. That's not necessarily the done thing, is it? It's just it's just when Joe went to Bruges he put that he put that picture into the group of like he had his pint and he had like. Little squares of cheese, in a, I mean, it—it just—it just looked like magic. It just, it well, just it looked, looked uh, an, an utter dream.
2: Cheese, cheese just makes everything better. And when you consider uh, that it's free, uh, you just—you just get this little little saucer of cheese free with your beer. It's just what more could you ask for?
0: Was it kind? Of, was it Bruges Joe, or, or was it was it a different kind of vibe? Very much
2: so. Yeah, very yeah. much so. I mean, it's—and um, I suppose to look at Bruges as a little, little bit more chocolate boxy um but it's still a very nice city architecturally to walk around yeah very nice indeed would recommend it
0: lovely stuff well tell us about materialized guys
2: well yeah very interesting visit i think um when when we mentioned 3d printing or, or additive manufacturing to give it its proper title so we just we just assume that it's kind of one technology Oh, certainly i did anyway you sort of yeah, assumed indeed. it's one technology one technique yeah. um but as materialized uh, showed us it was there's a whole variety of different methods. Some you know some using lasers, some using resins, some using ultraviolet light. There's a there's, and you know so and some 3D 3D printing in plastic and some 3D printing in metal. So there's a whole variety of, of different techniques and processes that, that, that they use um, depending on what the needs of the of the customer are. So it's fascinating to see some of that.
7: My name is uh, Jurgen Laudus. I'm the vice president of Materialized Manufacturing. So I'm responsible for all the manufacturing activities within Materialise. So at Materialise, we have the most common 3D printing technologies uh, in-house in our production. The first one I would mention is steletography. Um, this is a plastic printing technology um, from a, a, a liquid material that becomes ha- hard under UV light. Um, this is mainly used for prototyping purposes. But then we go to, for example, laser sintering where we build uh, parts out of a powder, mostly a nylon powder. Um, and there you can make really functional components. So in, uh, in st- laser sintering, you can really make uh, end-use parts via 3D printing. But common, most common materials are PA12, PA11, uh, glass-filled nylons, um, and so on. It's a bit similar to laser sintering is the multi-jet fusion. Technology where you can basically print the same type of materials, also, polypropylene material is uh, possible. Next to that, we also have FDM, fused deposition modeling, um, maybe well known uh, for many people as the technology that is also used for home printers, but then at industrial scale with the wire that um, is fed through a nozzle and depositing uh, the material. The advantage of this technology is that a lot of thermoplastics can be. Uh, printed like abs uh, polycarbonate pc abs and also specific uh, grades for example for uh, aerospace like ultim uh, materials we don't only have plastics we also have uh, metal materials so also metal can be printed um, and typical materials there are aluminium uh, stainless steel inconel uh, titanium and uh, and many more so there's a a wide variety of materials available in three D printing uh, these
1: days. They also had a really cool eyewear room
7: mm.
1: with loads of glasses. Was there sunglasses as well, or was it just normal glasses?
2: Yeah, I think yeah, sunglasses, normal glasses, all from the the, the usual kind of big name players in that in that space. And I think the idea being that three um, D printing offers offers a um, a, a huge increase in, in customization in terms of what the customer wants, uh, in terms of color, shape, all the rest of it. Whereas, you know, typically you kind of, you, it's, it's pretty standard. Um, That's kind of industry at the moment, and 3D printing offers that um, element of customization and individuality.
1: Yeah, and I believe that um, the glasses are customized to your actual face shape which for people who wear glasses will probably know that it's a struggle to find glasses that actually fit your face shape perfectly so i thought that was really cool
2: yeah i can certainly sympathize with that because i have a wonky nose and glasses don't fit square onto my face
0: yeah i've got a massive head and when i've had to like go and watch 3d you know films in in the cinema and stuff like that it just yeah dangling off the end of my (laughs) yeah that that's really cool i know i think you touched on it there joe like you you kind of get an idea of of 3d printing and you know it's it's used for for certain things and and that's it but this trip obviously opening you know broadening your, your horizons a bit opening your eyes to to the, mm. the possibilities that, that exist within you know within that area.
2: Yeah indeed and and going beyond um you know traditionally and certainly up to to re- in recent times it's been thought of as very much a tool for for prototyping um whereas now advanced in technology are really um pushing the boundaries of what's possible and and um, you know, three D printed additive manufactured parts are are ending up in in end use applications rather than just as a, just as prototypes. So it's it's a a sector that's really going to have um, a, a, an impact on manufacturing going forward.
0: Fantastic stuff! Um, and do keep a lookout because we'll have a more of a, a visual roundup of uh, Joe and Lana's trip to materialize uh, by way of a video package. So do keep a lookout for that on the manufacturer website. So here at the TMX Awards, we have winners, not once, not twice, but three times. It's Landa Automotive. Absolutely fantastic. It's credit to the team. We have the winner for the Leadership and Strategy category. It's Gripple Limited. Yeah! How does it
7: feel? Great! Great. The The best! best. Fantastic!
5: Outstanding! These guys I work with, I can't tell you how proud I am.
7: Speechless to be honest, I'm
0: so proud of everyone at the company. ASM Assembly Systems, let's hear it! That's right, it's recently been announced that over 40 of Britain's top manufacturing companies have made it through to the finals of the UK's largest and most rigorous industry awards programme. It is the one, the only, The Manufacturer MX Awards. The best night of the year by far, guys.
1: I am so excited. I can barely contain my excitement.
0: I mean, those, inter- those little interview clips you heard playing just before we came into this segment. I am almost certainly drunk in all of them. <laughs> it was
2: also fantastic to see how much uh, it meant to the winners on yeah. on the night. There was so much enthusiasm in the room, and they were and the winners were were so so chuffed. You could see what it meant.
0: Well, I mean, some fantastic companies shortlisted. I mean, as there always are, but some fantastic companies shortlisted uh, for this year's awards. Lana um, is probably very familiar with the lineup and how the awards are going to look this year. She spent hours putting together the article and press release to announce um, who will be featuring at the finals of the awards so lana give us a, a little overview before we go into specific companies
1: yes i truly did spend quite some time on it so i hope everyone has had a chance to look at the shortlist if you haven't It is on the homepage of our website, so you should definitely check that out so that you can see the full list of finalists. Um, But as Tom mentioned, obviously the awards will take place on the 17th of November, and this year we are set to have, I believe, smashing all previous records, about 900 guests in attendance. And very excitingly, not sure if that's a word, but I'm just going to go for it anyway. Excitingly, we...
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. You have made me doubt that. Yeah, I think it excitingly. excitingly. I
1: think it is a word. Yeah, I, we should know, shouldn't we? Really.
2: Well, you the, the, you do like, thro- like throwing us these curveballs, Lana, About you know, like it's like the one with the the fan and the glass of water. Uh. <laughs> it's like every every day's a school day when he's talking to you. <laughs>
1: Very excitingly we have announced our guest speaker this year's ceremony which is Rory Bremner. So if you don't know who he is he's a known impressionist and comedian so can't wait for that. Um, And also returning for the first time since Covid restrictions have eased is the manufacturing in action category and these finalists have been picked from companies that us lot, i.e. me, Tom and Joe, have visited in the last 12 months. So we will go on to talk about those. But I just wanted to briefly mention um, and give a special thanks to all of our sponsors, uh, including the judging partner, which is High Value Manufacturing Catapult, and then our category sponsors, which is Autodesk, Gemini. Cranfield, ha- <laughs> you know, Cranfield is actually really hard to say. Clearly. I can't, every time I go to say it, I can't say it. Cranfield University, Jitsu, Jaguar Land Rover, Made Smarter Innovation, MHP Consulting, Michael Page and Drinks Reception sponsor Ericsson.
0: Mm. So, thank you
1: we particularly, particularly, should, <laughs> no, <I'm> particularly. Joking. <laughs> um we should talk about the manufacturing action category because obviously we have lots to say about that guys don't we indeed
2: we do we do and it obviously it's from site visits and uh, interviews that we've done throughout the year that have really stood out for us and mm. um, you know f- uh, think that um, from manufacturers we think deserve recognition so it's uh, it's it's a nice sort of category for us to do for sure
0: I think we we can all you know start by just giving a, a a few words to to Leonardo and you know kind of just impressing upon people how deserving they are uh, you know to be in that category because because they were hugely hugely impressive. I mean helicopters, come on, you know it's it's gonna it's gonna be impressive, but just the the, the way they the way they went about everything um, in that facility um absolutely first class and you know you can see i think as you mentioned joe you can see why these guys are you know the home of uh, of uk uh, rotorcraft manufacturing they are first class And,
2: and yeah. plus, lana didn't crash the simulator that she had to go in so we probably felt that we we owed them something
1: well i was literally just about to say the same thing so <laughs> round of applause
0: uh, two companies I've spoken to uh, recently, Brompton Bicycles, uh, who you can expect to hear um, in well, certainly one of the episodes of our uh, leadership series. Uh, Will Butler Adams um, spoke to me about the uh, the book that he's uh, released recently Um but you know this is so this is the you know this is the the manufacturer that uh, make the, the fold away bikes that you see on on tubes and you know there was a clearly a a real commitment from uh, that company to you know be sustainably minded um to rethink the way that uh, people live and go about um their day to day within cities um so as I say that interview you'll be able to hear um a little later on in the series. Uh, And then Cummins uh, was a factory visit that I did on Metod actually recently um, because they're close to my family home or relatively close to my family home uh, in North Oxfordshire. They're based in Daventry, fantastic plant um, over in Daventry, a company uh, headquartered or were originally headquartered in the uh, USA in Indiana, I believe, Um, but got a, a decent UK presence and the Daventry a factory is fantastic really interesting stuff um, was made to feel uh, very welcome um, by dave barker the site leader um, at cummins uh, who knows actually uh, you may hear snippets of of his interview on this series as well super interesting products and, and end applications you know ginormous um, diesel engines that end up in you know like massive trucks you know in south america uh, and America, but you know, have to have to go to high altitudes and have to make sure that vehicles like that don't conk out. Um, so it was it was very interesting um, to hear from from those guys, um, and certainly too. But I was quite keen to have included within this category. And then Siemens is one that you and I did, Joe, and we expected them to to be impressive, and, and they certainly were. Siemens Digital Indu- Industries in Congleton, a fantastic site up there.
2: Yeah, fantastic site visit as you, as you say. It was a it was a great afternoon spent there. Um, finding out what you know everything about what they do. And I think for for anybody who's got a stereotypical view of what a modern factory looks like, sort of it might be grimy, you know, greasy, dirty, dark. Pretty much, seems Digital Industries Congleton is a complete opposite of that. It was real, you know, it's a slick modern setup. They're using. Um, you know, modern technologies like digital twins—they have their own VR, VR. Was it a VR studio, yeah. Tom? we I remember, yeah. yeah They're they yeah. using to optimise factory layout and things like that. And they've even partnered with a local, um, I think the local, the local council or a local initiative, whereby um, water, hydro energy from a from a local weir is um, cabled directly into um, into the Congleton factory, so that they can, uh, yeah. Uh, use renewable renewable energy which is which is fantastic. So that's that was a that was a real standout from from our site visits this year.
1: And then also TSP engineering um, who emerged victorious in the achieving customer value category at last year's awards. I mean the CEO John Coughlin described the awards as the Oscars of manufacturing. So straight away we love him um (laughs) but also they are completely british owned again which is really cool um and they are looking to grow their own talent wherever possible um and so that people can benefit from you know high levels of training without the debts that come with it so obviously that is really great and also they have all the capabilities at its Cumbria site to handle some of the biggest engineering and steel fabrication projects in the UK, which is pretty cool. Um, And also, I think they are looking to begin manufacturing advanced modular nuclear reactors. That's a mouthful, and I didn't even mess it up. Well, Um, towards the end of... Say
0: that, but you can't say Cranfield.
1: I've got, no, I've got some sort of mental block with Cranfield. See, I really have to think about it when I say it. I don't know what it is. Does your brain um, want to say cranberry? Maybe.
0: F- fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> really um, medically fascinating.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they're doing that towards the end of the year, which is actually a first for the UK industry. So they are great. And that is just some reasons why we've shortlisted them for the manufacturing in action category.
2: And then last but not least, um, we've recently done an interview with uh, Coca-Cola Euro Pacific Partners, obviously a very recognizable uh, brand, but they've been doing um, a hell of a lot um, at their sites around the UK to improve efficiency, improve productivity, and first and foremost, uh, reduce their carbon footprint. and in particular, they've uh, and uh, listeners in north of England may have already seen this because it's been implemented at their East Kilbride factory. They are now producing attached caps um, to their to their bottles. Um, the caps and bottles from Coca-Cola's products have been recyclable for for a, for quite a long time already. However, um, whereas the bottles tend to get recycled, often the caps get discarded because obviously you open your drink and. Um, the cap um, just becomes detached from the from the bottle itself, but um, they've implemented a, an attached cap so that the cap stays attached to the bottle, um, and therefore you know it promotes the whole package to be uh, recycled and and helps to reduce waste. And that's just that's one of the many things that they're they're the uh, one of the many investments that they've made over the last couple of years. That's why they've got the uh, nod as a as a shortlist um, for the for the award this year as well. So it's going to be a tough decision.
0: Indeed it is. And and as Lana mentioned, uh, do check out the the website because uh, we have laid out um, every finalist in every category, um, some very incredibly deserving uh, manufacturers uh, and individuals. Um, But we particularly wanted to highlight the fact that the manufacturing in action category is back uh, because it was a, a very fun process to go through some of the companies that we've Uh, Spoken to, Um, so good luck to all of them, and we will see them in November in Liverpool, and we hope to see you there as well. Spiffing chaps, thank you for joining me. What a what a, a lovely episode, episode two there of the leadership series, and it has just started lashing it down in West London, and it's the first time I've seen proper rain. For what feels like months.
2: I'm looking at the window now, and I'll be amazed if it's not absolutely pissing down within the next five minutes.
1: <sighs> yeah,
0: yeah. I, I'd, I'd forgotten what it looked like. I've forgotten what it felt like for a moment. I might put my microphone down and go and play in it for a bit. Listener, thank you very much for joining us. We will see you next time. Bye bye.